0: Hey guys welcome to the seven-figure box show my name is Andrew Frezza I'm here with Carl Penny of CrossFit Cid, and we are in the CrossFit Elsid offices right now and uh, I'm really excited to have Carl on the show because Carl and I have been uh, friends and sort of mentors of each other I guess uh, in this industry for a while and just really excited to kind of share our relationship with you guys I hope that you can find someone in your area you find your carl um because it's uh it's nice to have someone who's um kind of on a similar path has similar ideas and uh it's it's been very helpful to have someone to kind of bounce that off of throughout the years so um that's what i want to kind of kick it off with like i know what like my our relationship is to me like it's very helpful for just like sometimes venting sometimes like we're just like I just wanted to talk to you to realize that like I'm not crazy in this thing. Like that's a lot of our conversations, but I'm I'm curious like what what it is for you. What do you get out of us meeting like once every
1: couple months? Uh, usually I get lunch, which is almost <laughs> most important. No, uh, it's funny because almost every time we meet, I'm like we should probably do this more often. And then it's like four months later, I'll talk to you or yeah. we'll meet in person or whatever. Uh, I, I mean, you kind of said a lot of it. It's almost like having a another person to vent to to bounce ideas off of Um, sometimes like you said it's just to say hey this is what's going on am i crazy am i doing something terribly wrong uh like reassurance for whether things are going good or bad um and it's different than having like a business coach or mentor because i'm not paying you yeah (laughs) But also, you're not invested, and I don't think you're afraid to tell me uh, that's a terrible idea, or this is what I would do if I was you. Um, and I know it's out of a place because you want to you see me do well, I want to see you do well. Um, yeah, I found with like business coaches and even business
0: partners, like you have investors that kind of function as business partners. I actually have my brother as yeah. a business partner. And there's, all, there's more pressure to implement what the other person's saying, where I think we can exchange stuff yeah. without the pressure to implement yeah. something and we can really like take that idea and make it our own and implement it or yeah. we can just be like after a week, you know what, that doesn't click for me and I can yeah. just like forget it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, for I always say that too where you have your brother to bounce ideas off of but I'm sure your conversations with him are very different than yeah. the conversations with me. Not that we're roasting Tony at any point. <laughs> hey Tony. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a different viewpoint because I, I'm not as invested. I don't have skin in the game and you've yes. the same for me, that you know, our feedback and our conversations are gonna be very different. So Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a very valuable like situation.
0: And I think right there's enough forward.
1: too about enough in line with
0: how we view our gyms. You know, we've we've both, I think, shifted even more into the direction of thinking about the general fitness, the general person. Less away from the competitive side over the years. And I don't yeah. think either one of us was too competitive ever, but um, we're moving more and more in that direction because yeah. you know, that's where we're having the biggest impact with people.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I think we're on a very, like you said, almost like a similar timeline with our development and growth. Uh, and it's not always, we're always like one step behind or in front of each other mm-hmm. as far as implementing. Uh, not that it's a race but there will be times I'm like oh I'm thinking of this and you're like oh yeah that's what we're doing or I think vice versa that happens sometimes mm-hmm. and it it's interesting because I think for the most part we're usually do heading a similar direction uh, at a somewhat similar time frame so it's it's almost good that we're not doing the exact same things at the exact same time where I can say oh well we did this um, this is what I would do differently if you're in that situation yeah yeah um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is funny, like, our, I think our development, our growth as, like, gyms and uh, businesses mirrors each other pretty well with a, you know, yeah. pretty similar timeline.
0: And I think th- our relationship works pretty well because you're, you're close enough to uh, make it easy to come see each other when we want to, yeah. but also far enough that, like, we're definitely not competitors in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I think we all wanna have that abundance mindset where even the guy who's two miles down the street is not really a competitor. There's more than enough people to go around. But yeah. I think there's an inherent nature when you're running things like, even things like Facebook ads and stuff like that, and you know there's a specific overlap there, you're gonna be a little bit more protective when that person's like right down the street. Of course. Versus us, you know, we're in Jupiter, he's in West Palm. We're a good 35 minute drive away we're yeah. definitely not competing in any way, shape, or form. So it's, yeah. it's nice we can be very
1: open and relaxed around each yeah. other in that sense. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. I mean, a lot of uh, people I think talk about, oh, collaborating, and working with your neighbors, and this and that, and uh, we're, like you said, we're not competing with each other. Um, we're far enough away that we can be very honest. Like I would tell you any of our metrics, what we've done mm-hmm. doesn't really matter to me. Um, and I, it's hard to do that, I think, sometimes locally. And it, it, it's almost like a fantasy world, I think, sometimes when people are like, oh, you should talk to the people at the gym down the street. And for me, I'm like, the people at the gym down the street hate me and, <laughs> like, roast me all the time. So I don't really care. I don't look at it as competition. I just don't really yeah. want to collaborate with people who, uh, you know, don't like me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd rather work with you. That actually does. Yeah.
0: Um, so so let's talk a little bit about your role within the business and a little bit of like El Cid's um, sort of history I think a couple things that I really like about you and admire about you is uh, number one I think you've gotten to a really good place in your business pretty fast Um, like yes you could look at the history of uh, (laughs) the gym before this gym and kind of how that evolved into it but I, I don't always see that as an advantage I think sometimes it's an advantage to start fresh So the fact that you guys have gotten where you are in just a couple years is pretty cool. And then I I think it's cool with you is that you've done a great job of running a really cool, a really good business and community without having to be anywhere near as hands-on as I am in terms of like, I always feel the need to be like coaching all the time, programming all the time. And that's been always a hard thing to separate myself from. And you pretty much from day one said, no, I'm gonna be more behind the scenes manager leader in that sense so can you tell us like the role
1: first kind of where you're at sure uh it's so funny people ask me all the time what do you do and i'm like uh i don't know sometimes it depends what time of the day you ask because i might say oh i do all i do everything i do all this stuff and then other times it's like i don't even know what i did today honestly (laughs) um so i mean my role here is general manager director of operations I don't really have, like, a specific role that I call myself. Uh, really, usually what I do, and I try to look at it as uh, I try to do whatever I can to allow the coaches and other staff members to do their job to the highest ability. Um, and if that means I'm working on, like, marketing or if I'm developing new programs, that sort of stuff, that can be what I do. Um, I try to teach our coaches a about coaching, communication, uh, being on time, that sort of stuff. Uh, I mean, I don't coach any classes. I don't think I've coached classes at all in 2019. Um, and really since day one, uh, with our current gym, which I, that's when, like yeah, a Yeah, when it else story, did else all start officially? Uh, actually, our first like, date to public was May 1st, 2017.
0: 2017, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, 2017.
0: And would you consider would you consider Elsid as like any relation to CrossFit City Place, or do you consider it just no? This was a completely fresh
1: start. Uh, no. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a hard answer. Yeah. So it, it's yes and no. So for you know all the people who aren't raving fans of me and don't know my backstory, which is probably just you and. Maybe my girlfriend. (laughs) Uh, I used to work at a gym, most of our staff used to work at another gym down the street. Um, So I started as a client, uh, then sort of like a volunteer coach, then sort of an unpaid coach for a while. (laughs) Uh, As I started coaching more, I just sort of realized there were more and more things the business wasn't doing well that made my job uh, more difficult than it should be. not, I didn't know anything about uh, finances or charging people, this and that, just my job as a coach was very difficult uh, because it was so unorganized. So I didn't want that to be this case, so I just tried to make it easier for me to do my job. Eventually, uh, I took on a little bit more of an admin role there. Um, the owner at the time, eventually he moved to live closer to his in-laws and left me sort of like as a general manager running the gym. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was, I mean, a huge crash course for me because I didn't really know anything. (laughs) Uh, And I knew I didn't know anything, so I had to figure out a lot of things. There was a lot of things wrong, not going well with the business. Um, So I took a step back from coaching then, started doing more of like administrative, uh, directing the gym, Mm -hmm. Steering the ship, if you will. Um, Just 2016? This is, yeah, like July of 2016 Mm -hmm. is when he sort of left and I took over. Or uh, maybe June. Either way, summer. Um, Unfortunately, due to uh, some (laughs) circumstances, rent was not paid. I guys
0: basically got a call. We basically got a call like, and said we were, we're going to sell possibly, all the equipment in 24 hours or
1: something. Yeah, uh, more or less. And I don't need to go into a situation where I roast my old boss. Because <laughs> uh, honestly, I still talk to him pretty frequently. It was a pretty unpleasant situation for a lot of people. But it was, yeah. you know, I learned a lot uh, the hard way. So essentially that gym closed down. We had some members that wanted to... They were interested in taking over the business. That didn't work out. So we started a new gym about six months later, five okay. months, five and a half months. So December, 2016, we closed down. We opened up CrossFit El Cid in May. And then we, I mean, we really signed a lease for like the new spot, probably a month after the old gym closed down. Okay. Um, so during that time, I spent a lot of time, Learning, working on systems, like creating our onboarding processes, that sort of stuff. Um, but we were able to start day one with, you know, 80 members, uh, I think 50 to 60 from the old gym. And then friends of those people referred other people to sort of sign up with mm-hmm. like a pre sale situation. Nice. So,
0: and when um, you started uh, LCID, how much did you coach in those initial few months and how quickly did you get down to like, zero or only a couple hours of coaching
1: a week uh so when we first started i was coaching i think five hours a week and then a little bit as needed when we did big workouts and events i would coach and lead the classes um very quickly i realized that one all of my staff are better coaches than me um not that i'm bad i'm super great they're just (laughs) even better um they do a better job, and they were much more interested in coaching yeah. than I was. I wanted to uh, grow the business, you know, make sure we pay rent, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So there would be times during classes, and I realized that within, like, three weeks where I'm, like, I'm thinking about why there is a towel left out right now, and if this person's going to have a bad experience, versus making sure that they're keeping their back tight when deadlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I basically offered up my shift pretty quickly. Like if anyone wants to take over this, this and that, um, I'd rather spend my time developing staff. To what about
0: what about programming? Because I think those are the two roles that a lot of owners are hardest to pull <clears> themselves <throat> away from. So how quickly did you ever program and how quickly did you get rid of
1: that? Uh, I've always had like a say, a large say in program, but I've never done that head on. Um, I'm very conservative the way that I program for athletes uh, clients, I coach a bunch of weightlifters and even with them I'm conservative. If it was up to me, it'd be like an hour of like core bracing, bodybuilding, and then going for a walk in the sun. Uh, and we wouldn't probably do very well. Everyone would be healthy, <laughs> but, uh, it wouldn't be a great experience for, I think a lot of people, uh, cause of my own biases. Um, so, you know, I took I took a step back from that, even before this gym started at our old gym. I just sort of would be like, okay, this looks good. These repeated movements. I almost uh, checked over it like a teacher would and then suggest edits. Um, so I mean, it was the same here pretty quickly. I had stepped away from those sorts of things and just came into more of a director role. Nice.
0: I think if I were to say that, you know, from what I've seen, if you had like a superpower in terms of your role, it would be like this, the system side and building some structure on the back end. I think you've done some good stuff with, um, like you were the one that kind of tipped me off to some of the like email marketing stuff and and lead nurturing, and you are always good about managing that one way or the other. Either you manage it yourself or you work with a company like Uplaunch to manage that for you, mm-hmm. but you you don't just hand it off. You like, you wanna make sure it's running um, would you say that's like a big strength of yours and what things have you kind of built out
1: structurally on the back end uh yeah i think so i i actually do think that probably is one of my strengths um a lot of times what will happen for me and my process will be like okay this is what this is vaguely what i want to do um so right now we're working on like doing sort of a where coaches are responsible for a certain amount of clients and they get sort of like a bonus for retention, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that's very vague, which is all it needs to be. Yeah, kind of like the,
0: I know Mad Lab has that structure and it's basically just making sure they're they're responsible for their relationship and the retention of that relationship and they get paid for keeping people around and also referring new people in.
1: Yeah, so exactly. So then my thought is, okay, well, How do I keep track of those clients? Who gets who? And I have like, in my head, I'm putting a lot of different pieces together to get to the end result, you know? The end result is hopefully we have better retention. I'm able to reward our staff a little bit more for their work. Uh, They have more skin in the game. They're almost like running their own business inside of our business. So then I have to, what I try to do is look at worst case scenario sometimes. Okay, what are all the things that could go wrong with this? how do i make sure that doesn't happen and what are the step-by-step guides to make sure that happens um and a lot of times i'll i'll like sit in silence and just like stare at my computer or a whiteboard um until i have sort of an idea of where it should go and then i try to write it out like scenario by scenario um so you know i'm working on another project with a colleague for coaching and uh, we were talking about, okay, this is what we're gonna create. And he's like, how are you gonna create it? I'm like, I'm not sure, but I'm gonna figure that out. That's mm-hmm. that's not really a big deal. Um, so then I sort of sit and you know, go to the lab, if you will, yeah. and think of like the step-by-step process to do that. And what then I'll do is we'll enact that, and if it works terribly, I try to find out, okay, where did this go wrong? What can we change to do it better? Um, but I think for me, like kind of creating those systems is something I, I do pretty well, and I do it, I probably do it slower than some people because I want to make sure Yeah, it's right. I try to be pretty thorough with it.
0: I mean, I don't know if you necessarily do it slower. I just think that most people underestimate how much time it takes to really think through certain things. And I think that's why a lot of gym owners struggle, is they don't separate enough time in their day to do that stuff. and. Yeah when they do have time to finally sit down, it's in a short window of time. Yeah. And they either rush a, de- rush a decision or they don't have adequate systems or processes to support that decision. And it's it's a tricky part about like, actually being the gym owner or the manager, you know, or the CEO, whatever you wanna think about that role, because there's gonna be a lot of times where you feel like you're doing nothing, but you're, you're spending a lot of time thinking, problem solving, building out yeah. systems, thinking like worst case scenarios, and there's going to be times where it is super unproductive, and then something clicks and it becomes, you know, a huge yeah. That,
1: it's funny because I'll tell people I'm like that's sort of the ebb and flows of my job. Sometimes where sometimes, if we want to you know start a new program, I'm like okay, let's start a new nutrition program. We're going to do that, yeah. and then it I won't I won't like we won't start it for weeks or months possibly because I want to make sure I know exactly how we're going to do it, how we're going to track it, how we're going to pay coaches whatever um and that might take a while it might take me a lot of doing nothing uh like tangibly it looks like i'm doing nothing, exactly but i'm thinking about it i'm trying to problem solve um and uh that, like, it, it just takes a lot of time and sometimes I'm hard on myself. I'm like, oh, I didn't do anything today. Yeah. And if I had, like, a map of what I was at least thinking, I'd be like, okay, well, I realize at least these 30 things I wanted to do aren't yeah. going to work and that is actually somewhat productive, but... Yeah, it's, it, it, it's easy, and that's why I, I really admire that aspect about you because I think
0: a lot of people will not be able to sit with that and then they go back to coaching classes, they go back to programming, they go back to Cleaning or building something Mm -hmm. like they go back to that thing. That is very tangible that they can see very tangible progress on and Then they don't finish the job on the thing that was the most important but required some
1: critical thinking on yeah and I for me like it is rewarding when we start something new and it works and I mean, I'm pretty hard on myself. So sometimes we'll do things. I'm like wow, this actually worked. This is (laughs) awesome my idea worked and I mean, even like having the gym. Sometimes where, you know, I was like five or six months working on systems and how things were going to go. And the, f- you know, the first three weeks, I'm like, oh, there's people here and they're exercising and having a good time, and <laughs> it worked. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so that's really rewarding to me. But it, it's a very long-term payoff, I think. You know, when you you can spend weeks or months working on starting your program or systems or changing the way you do things. And uh, all that trial and error that goes into it and then you once you see it working well and sort of flowing the way that it should, it's, it's really rewarding to me and I think it's rewarding too when the staff and my team are like, oh, this is working really well, it made my job easier or I'm helping these clients better and I'm like, okay, yeah. all those times like staring at my computer doing nothing other than thinking <laughs> sort of worked out. Nice. Um, so. So
0: a, a lot of the conversations we've had recently is around like uh, either members that we're struggling with or members that we've lost or members that are upset. Um, for us, we implemented a reservation system at our gym where people have to reserve their classes. We changed our open. I know you guys changed your open. You guys shifted to working with NC Fit for your programming. and through those things we both saw backlash from veteran members that were unhappy about it and we've been good uh you know just a person about yeah sounding board for each other to kind of work through those situations so i don't know if you want to touch on that a little bit about you know how you've handled that um and get through like dealing with bad members and how it's inevitable even no matter how hard you
1: try Uh, I mean, the first would be losing sleep and feeling terrible and not working out great. And then the second situation is actually usually talking to you or other people. And then like, I'm not doing a terrible job. And one, two, four people out of, you know, all of our clients isn't really that big of a deal. And then repeating that to myself over and over and over and over and over again. Um, Yeah, I remember remember you
0: telling me that some of these clients express to you that, oh, everybody's complaining about programming. Everybody's, everybody's unhappy with this element. And then when you actually looked at it, broke down the numbers, it was four of 200. And it's yeah. like, this is less than 2% yeah. or 2% of the membership. And it is a very tiny amount.
1: Yeah, and it, it's so funny. This brings me back to a conversation we had probably like a year and a half ago or two years ago. And you're like, oh, people are always gonna complain about programming and I'm like, <laughs> okay. yeah all right whatever they're going to um but yeah i mean i think there was a we were both almost in like a crisis mode for lack of a better term with you know some of those issues that we've had where people were upset about certain things so we almost both were saying the same things to each other and really the things that we should probably have listened to ourselves as far as um we should have been telling ourselves rather as far as how to get through and work through some of the the issues and like the distresses that we had. Um, and I think that's where like, you know, collaborating and talking to other people is so helpful where, um, you're able to take a step back and listen to somebody else's advice and hear like, okay, you're not necessarily doing anything wrong or that it's two to three people or, you know, sometimes I'm not very tactful, And you're like, oh, these people are complaining. I'm like, tell them to leave. Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) You have a lot of other people. Get them out of there, dude, if they're annoying. And I should probably listen to that myself a little bit sometimes. It's easier for me to say it to you. Um, But, I mean, really, I think with any of those instances that you and I have come up with, a lot of it is just communicating to members uh, what and why we're making changes. And I think uh, sometimes... It's so easy for us in like a leadership role behind the scenes. We're like, well, they can't tell why we're doing this. This is obvious. Yeah. We're not doing 30 snatches for a time because I care about your shoulders <laughs> and lower back. Like, are, are you serious? You don't understand that? But when you have that conversation with somebody and say that, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, snatches usually do hurt my shoulders when I do that many. And i yeah. are like, okay, so you just told me how terrible our programming was and how unhappy you were when you went to the gym, but... Now that I told you I don't want you to get hurt, you're happy again. Okay, I, I guess that makes sense. And it, it it's just sometimes, like, I think with your check-in system and that sort of thing, too, when you had those issues, it was communicating it uh, efficiently mm-hmm. um, and consistently to people. And it goes for the same for coaches and that sort of thing, too.
0: Yeah, I remember the, the realization that I had, I think I told you, was, like, it's, like, realize that i'm not a, now i'm not afraid to see members leave mm-hmm. the the worst case scenario is really when a member is unhappy and they still choose to stay yeah and actually what i told you when i walked in today is like i actually think little changes in your business are a great way to kind of test the waters with people because realistically something like a reservation system in the grand scheme of it is such a small insignificant change um you know we're only penalizing people if they, res- if they reserve a full class, 35 plus people, and then they don't show up for a 35 plus person class. If they no-show or forget to reserve, there's zero penalty besides a full class. So uh, for them, it's really such a small, there's no real risk to that scenario, yeah. yet many people still, not many, a few people still quit over that, or at mm-hmm. least said that there was a reason. But I think a lot of those people, are already unhappy Mm -hmm. already looking for a reason to leave and you just gave them a reason to leave and i think that's a good thing i think that's a positive thing if those people leave because they're dragging down others they're infecting your community in a negative way and you're you're you know the worst kind of client is an unhappy client that stays you know versus one that actually leaves
1: yeah i agree with that i mean we talked about that that was like the first thing i think we really sat down and talked about today (laughs) earlier but uh yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like people are looking for an excuse to leave sometimes, um, and then you change something like, okay, well, that's it. And unfortunately, sometimes you're just like, okay, bye. <laughs> don't don't let the door kick you on the way, hit you on the way out. But uh, I mean, I think that's the nature of the business. Really, it, it's easy uh, to say like, oh, we want every one of our members to be happy. We're a gym for everybody, and I think that's really like silly and naive um you're we can't please everybody and I think it's it's very hard for us to accept that when we work as hard as we do and we want to please everybody at least as much mo- as many people as you can um so then when we have you know two or four people complaining and you're like oh, I'm a terrible person I've been doing a bad yeah. job everything I've done in the last two and a half years is wrong um I failed my family so on and so forth and then you're like oh it's only two people you know what these people have complained about xyz in the past i don't think they're ever going to be happy here so if they want to leave let them that's okay yeah um and, and it's unfortunate because we had that situation with a couple of members that we've had since like almost day one and mm-hmm. we've had uh life-changing transformations for some of them and they've wanted to do different things where you know most of this group wanted to do competitive uh, sport of fitness training. They want to do weekend throwdowns every weekend. And we have never really pushed out. We've never really been in that direction. And we're a little bit further away from it than we've ever been. And I mean, I've had conversations with them like, oh, I, I like to, I would compete every weekend if I could. And I'm like, that's incredibly unhealthy, actually. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of coach are you? And I'm like, I guess one that cares about your longevity. I don't know. <laughs> Um, that sounds terrible. Yeah. So, and then, you know what? They left and they're not creating any other unhappiness and they're happy at their other gym, which is awesome. I'd rather them be happy somewhere else and be unhappy here. Yeah. And it's not because I like hate their guts or want to tell them to go somewhere. Well, I think I'm glad you brought that up because I,
0: I seen a lot of situations where people evolve out of our service. And I think that's perfectly fine. And I think if you try to be everything to everyone, even someone that was at one time an ideal client, you know, um, they can evolve out of your service and that's perfectly okay. And you can still have a great relationship with that person. And I I think sometimes clients make it more emotional than it needs to be. Sometimes owners make it more emotional than than it needs to be. But it could literally just be, you know what, my goals have kind of shifted a little bit um, and I'm no longer like, really focusing on this thing that
1: is your core value your core service yeah that is almost an exact conversation i had with a client who wanted to do more uh you know competitive like crossfit uh for sport sort of movements more often and i sat down with them like you have couldn't deadlift when you came in you couldn't keep your back straight you couldn't hinge um you do very well with all of our movements and you want to learn other things and focus on competing, that's great. That is not a program that we offer. I don't think I can offer it. We're not going to, cause that's not part of like our core values and where we want people to be. And here is gym X, Y, Z that do that. I think that'd be a better fit for you. And, and it's very funny. Uh, because sometimes they're like, no, 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 but but I but I want to do these things. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I hear you. I don't think I can help you almost, um, and like, no, no, but I want to be here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I can't change all of my programming for you, and I don't think it's going to be a good fit. Like for you, it's not for me. I'm going to be here either way. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, telling them like this is what's important to you this is what's important to us, they're not the same thing anymore, and that's fine, that's okay. Um, I I think it's actually kind of a cool thing that we've had a couple people do, uh, you know, come in to get fit, lose weight, learn basic movements, I mean, even beyond basic movements, and now want to do something more advanced, more competitive. Uh, It's cool for them, for sure. I I don't want to do that. I'm good with just squatting and deadlifting. (laughs) Yeah, same
0: here, I mean, over time I've gotten Sort of backtracked with my approach to kind of get back to the core of it, rather than trying to open up to mm-hmm. more advanced skills and more advanced stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I love it so much. I the thing that sticks out to me is like when I think about these people, is like would this person have stuck around in the environment that they want us to create today? So a lot, of, like a lot of the people that I'm specifically thinking of, it's like. This person came in with 30 plus pounds to lose. This person came in intimidated at one point. They didn't want to do CrossFit to start. They started with our beach fit program mm-hmm. for the first several months because they didn't want to do CrossFit. You know, they were drinking a lot, they were smoking a lot, whatever it might be. And we were able to get them to this point now. How cool is that? But if we want to help the next person drop 30 pounds, stop drinking, stop mm-hmm. smoking, eat better, we can't go this sport direction too far because we're not going to know we're no longer going to have the atmosphere that's going to make that person feel welcome and to me that's way more important it's like i always want to be the atmosphere that someone who's intimidated and needs to lose 50 pounds feels mm-hmm. comfortable in that environment
1: yeah i mean that's a 100 percent right and if we if we changed uh our what we offer based on what whoever was complaining the most at the time said we should do like there'd be no consistency and i don't think we'd please anybody yeah please like one or two people per week and that would not be fun um i mean we're sort of the same boat where it's like i would rather somebody come in who was very unhealthy um you know overweight injuries achy didn't know how to eat well and Get them healthy for the rest of their life, then get them to string together five ring muscle ups. Um, one of those is more important to me than the <laughs> other, and I think uh, the there's a lot more people that are unhealthy that need our help than people who need to be able to do a bunch of muscle ups and uh, you know try to compete at uh, sanctionals. Yeah, as they say now.
0: <laughs> so let's shift gears a little bit. I wanted to talk about. Um... weightlifting side because i think you've done a really cool job of weaving in which what i would say is more of your ultimate passion is the weightlifting side versus like the true crossfit side um you've weaved that in without letting that affect your core service um so how do you sort of weave in that passion without it taking away
1: and like building the business around that uh well it's it's interesting because we were sort of talking about programming being competitive uh I mean, I coach uh, a bunch of like Olympic weightlifting athletes, um, people that are competing at like a national championship level uh, at really all varying ages from like youth to uh, masters. Um, But then we are not doing a lot of heavy snatching and clean and jerking in our classes, which I think some people are like, oh, this is kind of ironic. And uh, for me, I pretty quickly say like, yeah, they're competing for sport um, at a detriment to their health. Not that it's incredibly unhealthy, right? But it's if they wanted to live a healthier uh, lifestyle, I'd be like, yeah, you should probably not snatch four times a week and clean and jerk three hundred yeah. pounds. Uh, there's there's a there's an assumption of risk there that they have to know about for taking on that activity. Yeah, and I mean, I a lot of times when I have those. Conversation with like, oh, that makes sense. And I'm like, okay, good. It makes sense to me. I'm glad I conveyed that well. So um, we're fortunate that we have a lot of space so that we actually have like a separate training area for weightlifting, um, a much larger, cooler-looking uh, CrossFit area, which is perfectly all right. Um, so I actually don't even remember what the actual question is. Oh, just kind separate. of have a
0: weaving in the two. I mean, you've, you started to answer it in terms of how you you uh separate the two in terms mm-hmm. of like goals for your clients like oh. you know you don't really snatch in classes versus you snatch in there but you've had those conversations yeah with and,
1: and that's open to anybody i think sometimes even in people are like oh what do i have to do and i'm like just you know walk across the hallway and show up and listen for a couple hours a week and uh some people ironically don't want to do that they're like oh i just want to snatch in the class i'm like okay well i mean you come over here once or twice a week and I can help you out for sure. Um, but you got to give me some time and consistency and listen. Um, but we do that. I mean, like I said, it's more training for sports. Some of them are training their youth kids that train for their own sports and we use weightlifting and other movements to get them better at that. Um, and you really streamline that to a certain part of your day, right? Like where it's,
0: Yeah. late afternoons, early evenings, and then the rest of your first part of the day is like
1: strictly on the business and CrossFit? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, so uh, from, you know, Mondays and Fridays from about four to seven uh, ish, I'm on the floor coaching weightlifting and I'm not doing any real business admin or management type stuff other than You know, making sure the place doesn't burn down or answering questions for other people if I need to do anything. But I'm not like in the office per se. I'm on the floor actively coaching, working with athletes. Um, The rest of my day is spent, you know, doing gym things. Um, They're all gym things, I suppose. But more towards like our actual core business, which is CrossFit. I mean, weightlifting uh, is not a huge revenue stream for us. Uh, and I understand that, and I'm certainly okay with that, so I'm not putting all of my time into that. Um, But it's also one of the things that, it is a passion of mine, and I'd like to be able to do that more, put a little bit more time and energy into it, and my thought is always, well, if the gym as a whole is doing better, if I'm elevating staff to delegate more things to, and they're taking on more of a higher roles, then I can spend a little bit more time developing that program working with athletes trying to get people to highest levels of the sport um but yeah i mean as far as sectioning time off uh a lot of times i tell them like yeah you can come in whenever you want i will literally only say hi to you probably before four o'clock yeah and they look at me like i'm you know being crazy i'm like no no i just have to do other things like i have to do my my real job and um i already dedicate a lot of time to that you know saturday mornings too i'm here so it's a pretty large chunk of time that I dedicate to that. If I start to do that th- throughout the day when athletes trickle mm-hmm. in, then, you know, maybe payroll doesn't get done and then no one's happy. Yeah, <laughs> um, we'll,
0: we'll wrap things up here quickly. I know you gotta go, but um, in, in line gonna, with- It's gonna the, be like
1: a four hour podcast, so. We yeah, <laughs> we can keep going.
0: You just cancel whatever you have the rest of the day. Um, but within the weightlifting, I think what's cool is that, and I think a lot of gym owners can do this, is that, um, you, you keep focusing on growing your core. You have this this uh, you know passion of yours that also has financial uh, positive implications for the business even though it's not massive. Yeah. Um, but then also now you're you're uh, setting aside a percentage of your time to work on a course which could be something that uh, allows you to make money beyond the time you put into something and, and be a little bit more scalable long-term. And it's similar to what I've done with the Rockstar Coaching course and um, you know doing a little bit of business consulting now mm-hmm. so
1: what are you doing there and what does that look like for you? Um, so it's it's funny because uh, honestly I may have been taking your Rockstar coaching course when I was thinking about it and I ended up at a, a very short period of time doing a couple of different online courses uh, the Rockstar coaching course. Procabulary. S- sick plug. <laughs> Procabulary, um, Mike Bledsoe has his like strong coach situation Mm -hmm. and then actually up launch training was all in like an online situation and I was listening to a podcast or a business thing where somebody said something about like brick and mortar it's hard to scale and I'm like yeah it is hard to scale okay and there are all these thoughts around so at the time uh, for me as a you know business person and coach I don't feel like I ever know enough ever like I'm like I don't know anything so I'm like oh there's not a lot of courses on coaching weightlifting other than you know I have an exercise career I've spent countless hours interning with coaches and reading books and this and that um, but I'm such a sucker for information that I'm like I don't know why doesn't there aren't any online courses for this and um, I was like oh okay whatever it was a fleeting thought and then um I was talking to my buddy Danny Camargo and I just asked him like, have you ever considered doing that? And he's like, no, I don't know how to. And like, I mean, I would figure it out if you want to do that together. And he's like, that seems like it'd be hard. I'm like, no, I don't think so. (laughs) And we just started working on creating some courses and stuff like that. Um, And the reality is that, you know, based on how our business was doing with the gym is I actually had a little bit more free time and energy because things were flowing smoothly and easily and I wasn't incredibly stressed out so I had a little bit of more free time mm-hmm. and energy. Um, and honestly, that was almost a selfish need to say, well, I wanna learn more things and there's not a lot of content formalized so I'll just create it and then I'll learn it myself and maybe it'll be a sick business. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's kind of like how we started nice. that situation. Uh, do you have, does the course have a name and
0: does it have a expected launch date? Uh,
1: so actually we have one up. Uh, so our business is the Oli Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a website, the oly institute.com. uh, Instagram plug, the underscore Oli Institute. Check it out. Um, but we actually first started with a course on counting attempts for, uh, coaches mm-hmm. at a weightlifting meet. Um, it's a very uh, niche subject, not like you would never take this course. You're like, I'm probably not <laughs> going to coach anyone at a weightlifting meet. For people who are interested in that, there's a lot of really valuable information that if you're a newer coach, you learn the hard way um, and possibly at the detriment of your athlete's performance for a long time. Hmm. And there aren't a lot of meets that aren't happening every day, week month even, so it's hard to gain that experience. We wanted to create a way for people to learn the rules, how, and then some strategy behind it, and then there's also some practice. Um, So we did that in November. We're currently working on creating uh, a snatch error correction course. So what we've done, we did a lot of filming a couple, maybe two weeks ago. Um, Mm -hmm. Like 13 or 14 common errors when you see somebody snatching um and then what we'll be doing is like a huge write-up we're going to have uh, technique analysis uh, voiceovers to talk about this is why it's wrong this is what it should look like these are the different cues corrections drills exercises we would do to uh, correct those things um, but uh it's cool because it's something that I am learning a lot from. A lot of it is also reaffirming where I'm like, Oh, I probably do know a little bit more than I give myself credit for. Um, and, uh, you know, creating something that's like scalable. I mean, I talked to my buddy, Danny Camargo, who's really like the content, uh, wizard behind most of this stuff. I'm more so making sure we're all going in the right direction. Um, where we were chatting and i was like how many courses can you coach in a weekend he's like one i'm like okay how many people can take an online course in a weekend he's like i don't know a lot I'm like yeah 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 that's the point buddy imagine if you don't have to travel 30 40 weekends out of the way he's like oh that sounds great
0: so yeah he i mean he's been doing seminars forever he's i mean he's my favorite uh only coach that i've worked with um i've done a few different I'll, I'll seminars be, I'll be
1: number two that's fine
0: Like you said, you're the man behind the camera, the man behind the scenes. But um, I just think, especially for CrossFit, he has a great way because he owned a CrossFit gym at one point. He's not Oli versus CrossFit. He sees the the mesh between the two, Mm -hmm. which I think is really cool that he's not like so pigeonholed, but he knows it well. I mean, he competed at a high level. He's trained some of the best people in the world. And it's just
1: simple approach. I love his coaching style. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's one of the things that we talk about a lot where um, how can we simplify this? How can we make it digestible so that everyone can understand it, so people can take sort of a course and have a better idea of what's going on. You're not going to be an elite-level coach. You're not going to get people to the Olympics, but if we can get people moving with a barbell more safely and effectively, uh, that's great. You know i don't want people getting hurt and i think for me personally the uh, aesthetics of watching people do weightlifting at a high level i think it's like awesome to watch so when i see it done really poorly i'm so upset and i'm like all right <laughs> let's give these guys some help <laughs> nice so cool yeah. we'll wrap up there we could definitely do a part two sometime but thanks yeah, for the time cool. carl in like four or five months next time yeah. we hang out cool thank you <laughs>